Welcome to the Learning Capacity Podcast, you're with Colin Klupik. In this interview with Peter Barnes, Director at LearnFast Australia, we talk about why he likes to blog so much about learning capacity. We talk about the main things to look for in a program that helps to build learning capacity and why language and literacy are so important for learning STEM subjects. Let's find out more. Peter, you've been actively writing about the importance of literacy for over a year now. What keeps bringing you back to writing these articles? Well, number one is I like writing, Colin. I like to talk about things that are really interesting and important to people. And literacy is one of uh, the most important things in our society because the whole functioning of our society depends on people being able to read and to understand what they read and to communicate. So there's been a lot of talk recently about the importance of STEM subjects, the science, technology, engineering and maths subjects um, in terms of economic prosperity, being able to supply our uh, technologists and engineers for the future, etc., etc. Do you think that language and literacy gets left a little bit out there? Uh, No, I don't think so, actually. I think um, the STEM subjects have been left out. I think one of the things we've done in our country is um, just really let all that slide. And I do really fear for the future of Australia's productivity and place competitive place in the world. I spent a lot of time up in Asia, particularly in India, and the uh, level of competence uh, those cultures have with mathematical-based, science-based, technology-based subjects just leaves us sitting in the shadow. So coming back to language and literacy, though, uh, in order to understand those technology subjects, language and literacy are obviously fundamental to that. Absolutely, because language and literacy are the basis of learning most things. You can't learn complex science, uh, maths, without having an understanding of the language. Okay, I guess particularly uh, from the from the maths field, um, you would be thinking about symbol recognition, uh, pattern recognition, all of which come from a basic learning of language because language in itself is pattern recognition. You're looking at the patterns of letters and, and words that they make. Am all, I on the right track there? All, all of that, and, and even at a, at a more um, gross level, the simple uh, expression of those prob- of problems in those subjects are expressed in format of language. So as a really primary example, one train is going down the track at 80 kilometres an hour, the other train is going approaching at 150 kilometres an hour, what is their um, collision speed? That's all language. Yes. There's some maths in there to get the answer, but to, to understand the issue, you have to understand the language. Yes, that's right. So coming back to the articles that you write, uh, have you noticed a trend in terms of what you write about more often than not? Um, I'm writing about a whole range of things, right from uh, students who have problems with literacy. So they're students who have problems with basic understanding of language. They might have specific language impairment. They might have auditory processing difficulties. They might have difficulties with paying attention. They might have difficulties with their working memory because all of those things are necessary uh, to be functioning adequately for people to acquire language and therefore acquire literacy. So that's at one level. At the other level, we're talking about uh, higher level comprehension. So when students uh, start to move up into higher primary school and particularly into secondary school, the complexity of language increases. And for them to keep up, 
with the complexity of that language, the complexity of the, the tasks, the assignments, the texts, they need to have strong literacy skills and particularly comprehension skills and higher level literacy skills, things like inference, uh, understanding idioms, all of that stuff. I guess coming back to the uh, STEM subjects, when you talk about inference, we'd also be talking about critical analysis, uh, interpretation, uh, reasoning. I guess those are all coming out of a foundation of strong language skills. Is, is that yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so if you were to uh, come across people who, or if, if you met a parent or, so, or uh, came across a group of parents who were concerned about how to improve literacy with their children, what are some suggestions that you could give them? Well, there's a hundred and one thousand, many, many, many literacy programs, reading programs out there, ranging from something you can buy off the shelf at uh, a supermarket on a CD for ten dollars, up to quite complex, highly priced, intensive programs. Okay, well, let's just stay for the sake of this conversation. Let's just stay product neutral, and think about. Uh, what are the what are the underlying factors of those programs that people should be looking for in your opinion? Right. In my opinion, the best way to develop literacy skills is to develop the fundamental brain processes and thinking skills and cognitive skills and language skills which are necessary to acquire literacy. And in a nutshell, just summarising them, the cognitive skills, the thinking skills, are the ability, first of all, to pay attention, to have an adequate working memory. Working memory means remembering something for a short time so you can do something with it. For example, if you've read a sentence, you need to be able to remember when you're into the next sentence what the previous sentence was so you can relate the two to get meaning. Mm -hmm. So you've got uh, attention, you've got memory, then you have the ability, you need the, the ability, the cognitive thinking ability to process what you're hearing or what you're seeing, what you're reading. So the input into the brain through whatever sense mm -hmm. needs to be processed. And the speed of processing is an important attribute in being able to acquire literacy. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, these, and so what we're looking for here, these are, these are characteristics of a learning program. Uh, yes. Right. So if the learning program is able to deliver improvement on these cognitive skills, and I've just explained three of them. Memory. Memory. Attention. Attention. The processing speed and the ability to sequence. The ability to sequence ideas, the ability to sequence sounds, the ability to sequence sounds in, in a word, ability to sequence words in sentences, the ability to sequence sentences in paragraphs, all of that ability is an ability which is necessary to be able to be competent readers, competent at literacy. And so these are the these are the four main characteristics that we're looking for in a program that can address language and literacy problems. Yes, on the one hand. On the other hand, the program needs to develop language skills because reading is actually a language skill. Because reading, you have to be able to understand the sounds in the language, and we're talking about English here, 
and there's some controversy about exactly how many sounds, but let's say there's 40-something sounds represented in the English language, represented by 26 letters in the alphabet. Yep. You need Your brain needs to be able to recognise those, it needs to be able to distinguish the difference between them, and then being able to map those sounds to the letters. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that phonics, phonemic awareness, phonics, all of that language skill... Um, stuff, if you like, needs to be in the program as well. So you've got the four cognitive skills and the language skills together. That becomes the basis. That's just the basis of a good, sound program for developing reading and the beginnings of literacy. Okay, now you write about the fact that these these four skills are, are coming out of, uh, or our awareness of these four skills is growing, I should say, by our awareness of uh, advances in neuroscience, uh, particularly in the last 10 to 20 years. Am I right on that? Yes, there's been an explosion of um, understanding, thanks to the brain scientists, about what goes on in our brains when we learn, and particularly learning language, because it's related so intrinsically to reading and literacy. So when we talk about the fact that something's simple and saying, look, it's not brain science, you know, we are actually now talking about brain science. We are talking about brain science. Great. I just wanted wanted to establish that. (laughs) We're absolutely talking about brain science. And the great thing is that technology now has enabled brain scientists to do so much and to look into brains, into minute, uh, precise areas of the brain, to map the brain, to see what's going on in the brain, to discover that the brain is a whole network. It's not just... isolated bit say in this part of the brain the left part of the brain the right part of the brain that's producing this sound or seeing this it's networked and the um, really well functioning brain for learning has well developed networks that act like super highways connecting all the different parts of the brain and these can be developed and and grown i guess so they can be developed and grown through um, particular brain exercises. Like the ones that we were talking about before that focus on those four cognitive skills. Exactly. And if you ever, I don't know if you've read um, Dr. Norman Doidge's original book about seven years ago. I have actually. Yes, yeah, The Brain That Changes Itself. Yes, I have. Okay. So he described some of these programs and how um, with the right design, uh, mental exercises can actually change the physical structure of brains to improve their functioning across a whole range of modalities. So Dr. Norman Doidge wrote the book, and now you're continuing to write about it, um, related topics, I suppose. Now, I guess we are talking about neuroscience, so there would be a lot to write about. Uh, what's on the horizon for you immediately in terms of what you think you might write about soon? Well, I'm particularly interested at the moment in what's going on with the whole debate about learning capacity. The idea that Students go to school. They have teachers who teach them a curriculum. And the success for those students is passing exams, pretty much. We have NAPLAN, we have tests. And so the whole idea, it seems, is that uh, what we've worked on for many years is to improve the success rate, we need to improve the quality of the teaching, and we need to improve the quality of the curriculum. And certainly we have some fantastic teachers in Australia and New Zealand. And we know that. They're passionate, uh, well-trained, they're dedicated, they work hard. End of the term, they're just about dead from 
work. You'd probably know that yourself, Colin. Uh, yes, I'm familiar with that, uh, <laughs> that experience. Uh, and the curriculum has been developed by curriculum experts. You know, it's, 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 big, it's big, it's busy, but there are those two things. The one thing we've ne- we have not done until very recently is start to focus on, so what, what would happen if the students were better able to absorb or to learn or to um, assimilate the best of the teaching and the best of the curriculum. So if we're able to get a student who now is functioning at uh, this level, and let's say they're getting, just for the sake of argument, 70% of everything that's being offered to them, and we increase their capacity to learn so that they get 80 or 85%, that makes a massive difference to the student's outcome, the school's outcome, the outcome for the society. And that's capacity working there. That's capacity. And we have a way of building learning capacity through applying the knowledge of these neuroscientists with uh, a technology delivery platform. And there's various reasons why technology needs to be engaged to do this, which we can talk about now or later. Um, But... um, we can do it. And that's what I'm interested in writing about now. Okay. So where does someone find out uh, where your blog articles are? How do we find it? Uh, if you go to um, learnfasthome.com.au, on the homepage, top right-hand corner, there's a big orange circle that says blog. Click on that. So I guess there's plenty there for people to read. There's lots there to read. Peter Barnes, thanks for your time. Thanks a lot, Colin. You've been listening to the Learning Capacity Podcast brought to you by Learn Fast Australia. To find out more about LearnFast, visit learnfasthome.com.au where you can also subscribe to the blog. Until next time, bye for now.